Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. So in a minute, we are going to hear from Pastor John Jarvis, who is bringing today's message. We are in part four of our Christmas series, where we are looking at the hope that we have because of what Jesus did for us, how he came for us. And we've been using a key passage throughout this series, and that is found in Isaiah chapter nine. And it says this, Isaiah nine, verse six says, For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So let me encourage you to lean in in this moment. Let's expect God to speak to us through what John has to say today and encourage John as he brings today's message. Thank you, Amy, and thank you, everybody. It's great to be with you today here for church. Last Sunday before Christmas, and uh, we are still talking about this message that's been going on through our whole Christmas series where we are unwrapping this generous gift of hope. And my goodness, do we need a dose of hope, right? Uh, And hopefully this is just trying to give us something to uh, fix on, something that we can just focus on other than all the other noise and all the planning and all that kind of stuff that's going on that we're not dismissing. All of that is very, very real. But we do have a hope in something that goes a little bit deeper than any of the noise or chaos. And it does stretch further than the next two-week review of a lockdown or rollout or tier system. And we want to focus on that during these services because we know that there's so much of that to focus on when we're not here. And that is really, really important to us. Uh, so yes, I get to talk a little bit more about this in this next part of our series. We have been using this passage that Amy just read to us from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And uh, I'm going to talk about in just a little bit, but to set this up, I've decided that the 20th of December, which it is today, is the dividing line for many of us. I'm almost going to say it's almost all of us. In fact, I could probably divide this room right now. I think I could divide everybody that's watching this at home on YouTube or Facebook. I think we could divide people by saying the 20th of December is officially the dividing line between those who are well prepared with their Christmas shopping and for those that have left it too late. So just by a show of hands, like if you have done pretty much, if you have done all of your Christmas shopping by now, and it's the 20th of December, just give me a wave, you are all done. Uh, so that's about 90% of people in the room. I don't know if you at home are, I have put your hand up there or not. So that means if you have not done your Christmas shopping yet, just raise your hand. Uh, if you're lying because your partner is sat next to you and you told them, no, no, I've definitely got you something and it's amazing, but you haven't yet, thank you. Uh, okay, there's still some people in the room here that are kind of that dividing line of the 20th. And I think this is going to separate us a little bit because everybody's trying to do this thing. We're all trying to get the gifts in time and maybe you've got a Christmas budget that you're trying to stick to or maybe your family operates with lists. Uh, like our family, we've, we've tried to stick to a budget this year. Turns out they're just numbers that we move, they're like moving furniture around a house, it turns out. Uh, and, uh, but then the other thing that goes on in our family is lists are quite significant. Uh, certainly in my in-law side of the family, lists have become very, very important over the years. Uh, less so this year, we're not actually able to see them at Christmas this year. But in years gone by, there'll be lists circulated weeks before the big day. You would have to choose something from that list, and there's an agreed budget as to how much you can spend on these gifts. Okay, so the, pres- the, the present budget is £20 per person. We would make sure 
that you have spent, that's the budget, and you take something from the list, and you buy that thing for £20. But here's what happens. You find the present that they want, the DVD box set, do you remember DVDs, that they want for £16. You think, great, we have saved £4. Unless you're operating under this bizarre world of the Christmas budget, where because you found it for £16, you have to buy something else for £4 to make it up to the 20 That is absurd. Am I right? Am I right? That's absurd. I've got some allies in the room. That is insane, isn't it? And we find ourselves, despite buying the thing that the person does want for £16, having to buy something that they don't want for £4, just so that we've all stuck to the Christmas budget of £20. Or even more absurd, we have actually done this as well, we have got, found it for £16, but because we can't be bothered to find something else for £4, we've, paid, we've found it elsewhere, paid, paid £20 for something that we could have saved £4 on by buying it somewhere else. That is insanity, it's absurdity, and so many of us are doing it because apparently it's Christmas. Here's the thing though, that gift, whether you spent 16 pounds or 20 pounds, whether you spend 100 pounds on a gift this Christmas, that gift only really finds any kind of value once it is given right? The real value of a gift, we all know, is not in how much we have spent on it, but the real value in the gift is in the giving. It's when there's a transference of ownership. It's when it's passed from the person who has bought it and paid the money for it and handed it over and there's a giving and a receiving. And only then does that gift really find any sort of value at all. So in this passage, this scripture that we've been using for our whole Christmas series, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it begins with these words. It begins with, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And I think that these opening lines of this little phrase in Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6, is helping us understand that this child wasn't just born. There's one born every minute. This child isn't just born, this child was given. And the value of the child being born has only come into effect because it's a child that has become a gift that is given to all of us. A gift only finds its value when it's given and this son, this child is born but this son to us is given. So a child wasn't just born but given a box of hope is nothing until it is given. Now, well done, church, because we've given away, I think, about 370 of these, which means there's just about 30 or so left. And uh, if you're in the room today, we're hoping that you'll be able to, if you haven't taken two yet, we're giving away two per household in these little boxes of hope. They're just generosity for generosity's sake. There's nothing uh, in there that, that tries to persuade somebody that they have to start viewing us online or coming to church. It's just a uh, great presence inside this so you can take those and give those over but for as long as this just stays here for as long as we just have a hope box that is uh, part of our stage decor today it's not it has no value this only becomes a a little bit of hope when there's a transference of ownership because the value is found in the giving until we do that hope just remains a concept. Hope just remains a a bumper sticker, it just remains something, it stays philosophical unless it becomes both given and received. Uh, That's the way hope works. Joy works in a really similar way, did you know that? So when you go out for a great meal, do you remember you used to go out for meals? 
Right, just, ima just imagine, you might just use your creativity for a minute. Just imagine going out for a great meal. And you have a lovely meal and you go and get home. Next day at work, you tell everybody, I had a great meal last night. Maybe it's the way they cooked your steak perfectly. Or maybe it's the way they cooked your veggie burger perfectly. Maybe it was just the great service you received from the restaurant. But you want to tell people the next, I had this great experience and it was so good. And did you know why we naturally do that? Do you know why we do it? Because we're actually, we are designed in that way. Your brain is wired to not feel its, uh, not to experience fullness of joy until you praise the thing you've experienced. Did you know that? So actually, you could have had a great meal and a great experience, but until you tell somebody about it, you have not achieved fullness of joy in the way that your brain is wired, or in the way that God created you, is to pass that joy on. Then you have found all the joy that that experience could have given you. That's why it's good to write TripAdvisor reviews, not just the ones where you're sort of pointing miserably at the damp in the corner of the hotel room. That's why you should write a Google review or a Facebook review of your church, because there's something that's good. If you experience something good, you can make your joy complete in, in this way. Hope works in the same way. We give hope, we receive hope, the hope we receive, we pass on, and in doing so, we receive and experience the full value of it. Yeah. Right, let's, uh, let's learn a fancy new word. Does anybody want to learn a fancy new word? Okay, it's, uh, it's a bit of a theological word, but I can tell definitely by the people in the room, and I can just, uh, yeah, there's a few people at home that can handle this. Bit of a fancy word, everybody ready? This word is Christotelically. Say it after three with me, one, two, three. Christotelically, well done. Give yourselves a round of applause in the comments and you're in the room if uh, you managed to do that first time. Uh, it's just a fancy word, really. Uh, but so Christotelically means this. It means it's a way of reading scripture to get the full value out of it. it it's a way of reading scripture that's, that's ancient, a way of reading scripture, especially scripture that's hundreds of years before Christ. It's a way of reading that in such a way that we see that the goal of that text is to be fulfilled in Christ. So even though it was written hundreds of years before Christ, the goal of it is to be fulfilled in Christ. Okay, so we've been reading this passage every week from Isaiah. It gets read every, every year in Advent services and Sunday services and carol services. But it's written, we read it about Christ, but it was written 600 years before the birth of Christ. Now, it's a kind of under a category of scripture we call messianic prophecy. It's a prophetic word to be fulfilled in Christ, the Messiah. So to read Christotelically means to read back into that scripture and see that that scripture is being fulfilled in Christ. Now, when it was written 600 years before Christ, there was a whole different concept going on. Nobody was having, uh, holding their fingers crossed for the longest ever advent calendar to count down. Imagine how many chocolate windows that would be to get all the way from 600 years down to that moment in Bethlehem. No, there was a whole different world going on. And Isaiah, this Old Testament prophet, was speaking to this nation. He was warning them and there is impen essentially impending doom just around the corner. But for Israel, the nation, for Jerusalem, the city, he, he's warning them that the end is nigh. That's why they needed a message of hope. That's why the words of, of verse 6, to let them know that, that a child is going to be born and it will be given to us and the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are words you need to hear. When it's all going wrong, when your country, it feels like is literally falling apart around you, 
you need a prophet to speak up and say it's okay. We have an everlasting father. We have a prince of peace. We have an almighty God. And that was a very real context for the people that were receiving those words. But now we see those words Christotelically. We see Christ being the goal of that. So yes, it brought hope to a people that were in hardship, but it also promised something that will be fulfilled in the arrival of Christ. Emmanuel to be Christ or God with us. That's what it means to read it Christotelically. So this new value is found. So in this gift that is given, in this, even in this prophetic word that is given to us by Isaiah, a new value is found in this gift of a prophetic word. When? When we find that Christ is read into that passage. And when we sat here, not just 600 years after it was written, but then another 2,000 years after the birth of Christ, we sit here in this room or at home and we, we read those words, we begin to see a whole new value in that passage because we read it like it's given to us. And it is, that passage is given to you. And you can read it Christotelically to know that Christ is in that. And that is a gift to you and me. And suddenly we are receiving something of great value. Isn't that incredible? That words that are over two and a half thousand years old, we can find value in today. And the key to finding value into those is to see Christ in them. Christotelically. So, without this then, the generous gift of hope we describe as Christ stays under the tree. Unless we do see the, the, the presence of Christ in this, unless we do see the value of Christ being read into this passage, and, and unless we do see, let's just, let me just play with this word just a little bit to stretch it to say, how do we live this out at Christmas? Well, we read Christ into our experiences today. See, if you can read Christ into the circumstances that are going on around you, if you can read Christ into your words and actions, if you can bring Christ into, if you can be Christoteleological, thank you, didn't quite nail it, we'll get away with it. If you can read Christ into and bring Christ into your words and actions, if you can see Christ at work in the things going on around you, then this new value is found this Christmas. And only then do we actually receive the gift of Christ at Christmas. Only then do we receive this gift and find its full value. Without that, it just stays a concept. Without that, this gift of Christ, this gift of hope, just stays under the tree. Or it stays in a manger. Or it stays in the story. Or in some religious affiliation box ticking. And if hope remains a concept until both given and receive, let me ask you this to finish. What are you going to do to receive it? Because here's what it looks like. It looks like bringing Christ into your words and actions this Christmas. It means bringing Christ into the way we respond to like rubbish news like yesterday. It means bringing Christ into the way of our, in, in our generosity this Christmas. It means bringing Christ into our words and actions around the dinner table on Christmas Day with the lucky ones that you have chosen. It means bringing Christ in the way that we worship him. 
means bringing Christ in the way that we experience him, means bringing Christ in the way that we make space and time for him. Because only then do we receive the fullness of this gift that was not just an old prophecy, was not just a story, not just a gift under a tree, not just stage decor, but something that we receive this Christmas and every Christmas and actually every single day of our lives. That's what it means to receive the gift of Christ. Can I pray with you? Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, we're so grateful that we have this to bring us hope. We're so grateful that this ancient passage is still giving us life and hope even today. We pray that every single one of us chooses to receive this gift of Christ today. That we would read Christ into our words and into our actions. We would read Christ in the circumstances and scenarios going on around us. That we would see you at work. I pray you will help us. Help us show others Christ at work in us. Help people see Christ in us. And I pray that wherever we celebrate Christmas this year, and whoever that is with, what we receive will be something so great because we'll be receiving the gift of Christ in all of its fullness. And only then is he our wonderful counsellor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. Amen.